All right, what's going on, Mike? How you doing? Hey, what's up, David? I'm in your neck of the woods now over in uh, Toledo, which is my hometown. So if you see some, some photos in the background, actually, that's not me. Those are my sister, my sister's photos in the background. So I'm not in my bedroom, but it's a little bit of a blast from the past being home. Welcome back, man. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Anything new? I'll be seeing you in a few days. Oh, man. Just trying to get ready for the holidays, man. Yeah. Really have a it's, it's that last... Yeah, it's that last minute crunch. Well, uh, let's uh, let's just jump in. I guess today this is episode two of the New Money podcast slash videocast, where every episode we break down a new financial instrument or tool or opportunity for everyday investors to uh, put their money into, and that's kind of the revolution that's going on. And the reason for this show is we noticed uh, two big trends happening. The first being there's just an explosion of new financial instruments that allow for everyday investors uh, like me and Mike, like maybe the people who are listening, you know, you don't have to be a high net uh, worth individual to invest in these new platforms. And that's really exciting for us because I think it means there's going to be kind of like a investing renaissance where uh, everyday people get interested in investing. They have new opportunities they didn't used to have. Um, and there's tools that are making it easier for them to start placing investments in these type of vehicles, like your Robinhood app, like your Acorns app, like a Wealthfront. Um, and so we're going to be breaking down all of these different products. Today we have um, a pretty exciting product because they actually helped change the laws that made some of this investing possible. And that is Republic, uh, republic.co. Um, and so I'm excited to kind of jump in and uh, dissect that a little bit, discuss whether or not. Uh, we feel like it's an investment vehicle that we want to put our money into. Um, and really, you know, the idea is just to help kind of educate uh, and, and discuss. So, uh, Mike, maybe you can say hi and give the financial uh, legal disclaimer, I guess, to kick things off. And then, and then maybe I'll let you get started with, you know, discussing Republic. Yeah. So, in general, this is not investment advice. Um, we are just reviewing a topic, giving you our opinions. You need to do your own research. Be a grown-up. Invest your money like a smart person. Don't do what we do because it might not fit your situation. Awesome. And do you want to uh, kind of intro what Republic is? So we got Republic up on screen. Uh, they have this big bold statement. Now you can be an angel investor. Uh, invest as little as ten dollars into uh, private startups. Um, so I don't know if you want to kind of give just a quick overview. Uh, of what this instrument is really sort of about. Yeah, so Republic is, I think the easiest way to describe it, it's like GoFundMe or Kickstarter, but for raising capital for businesses. Um, and on their mission statement, they say that the, the goal was to democratize investing and level out the fundraising landscape for founders and investors. So essentially what this is doing is in the past, there's been a, a barrier to entry into investing in startups um, that you had to be what's known as an accredited, an accredited investor, which means that you have a verifiable 200K per year income or and or uh, over a million dollars in net worth. So there are some new regulations that have happened over the last few years that has taken that barrier down and given the general public access to the ability to invest in um, startups. Um, 
anything I missed there? Anything you want to cover? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's about it. It's really just this shift uh, that's now uh, legal, which is if you're an everyday investor, not somebody with a high net worth, not somebody with a million dollars um, in assets, you can now uh, put money into companies at an early stage. Uh, Republic specifically is interesting because they do a lot of the vetting up front, so it's not an open platform. This this isn't just an open exchange where any company uh, can you know just jump on and raise money. And the reason for that is I think there's still a lot of kind of issues around uh, that law. They still have to be a little bit sensitive. This isn't a new free for all. Uh, I guess just for startups to raise capital. And uh, I think that's really highlighted by the CEO of Republic, um, who used to be the general counsel at AngelList, um, which means he was their main legal advisor. He's now the CEO of Republic. So that just shows you, I think, uh, how nuanced, I guess, the legality of this still is. You know, that being said, of course, it is totally still legal. Um, but yeah, Kendrick uh, Nygen, uh, I don't know if I said that right exactly, but he is the uh, general counsel and um, you know they're making sure that the companies that jump on the platform are very aware of uh, you know how this entire kind of crowdfunding raise happens legally uh, and I think that's part of the reason actually to go with the Republic they're, they're sort of curating the companies and making sure that the experience itself um, you know crosses their T's and dots their I's um, so I just wanted to clarify I guess just that this is still uh, sort of like a, a walled a little bit garden um, that Republic's trying to create here. Yeah, it did give me a little bit of comfort as I was doing some of the research on the company is that they're part of a kind of a family of companies that really serve this investments. Uh, uh, more angel list, which is and network requirements. But this is kind of a kind of reaches a broader market, you know, the average person that doesn't meet those requirements. So they're really trying to, it seems like, serve more and give more access to that investment opportunity um, by kind of breaking down that barrier. They also you know, are associated with Product Hunt and CoinList, which um, they've, it looks like they're specifically over the last few years have tried to break into the kind of ICO um, mm -hmm. so, currency uh, market as well. Yeah. So let's jump on to, I guess, the site specifically so that we can kind of see. Um, and really, you know, it, it feels a little bit like a Kickstarter. If, you know, someone who's listening here has ever backed anything on a Kickstarter, it's going to be a little bit similar to that, except for rather than backing it for the specific, uh, you know, bonuses or the product or, you know, whatever it is, um, yes, there are some bonuses, but uh, really it's about investing and getting equity. Um, so that's the major change here is that now there's a platform like a Kickstarter, except for, for it's for early stage companies um, that are vetted by Republic that go through a specific process, uh, but that allows you to invest however much you like. And that's why uh, you can see there on the little right side, uh, you know, even a hundred dollars into a company. And I think before we go on, I just want to highlight it might to the average investor sound like, okay, you know, $50, $100, is it really worth it for me to put that money in? Um, and I think Republic's pitch has been, well, if that $100 was put into an Uber or, you know, an Airbnb, 
uh, I don't know the exact calculations, but I want to say that'd be, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars essentially in return. Um, so, you know, whether or not those companies eventually do start surfacing through Republic, I think is yet to be seen, but, uh, you know, their, their pitch is that yes, it is, is worth it. Um, and you know, even if it isn't that great of a return, you know, on the hundred thousand dollars or whatever, you know, even a thousand dollars, that's still a good return on your money for somebody when thinking about where to put their money into. Yeah. And you know, an Uber a return on an Uber or a return on a Facebook as an early investor should not be like thought of as the norm. Obviously they're <laughs> yeah. a very small exception to what happens to most startups is when they, they fail. Mm-hmm. But I think what Republic is doing is, is they're not, they're not saying that, you know, all of these startups are going to be in Uber, but they're giving access to every person who has an internet connection and a hundred dollars to invest the ability to place their bet, so to speak, um, that, you know, a company could become that. It yeah. doesn't the risk away that, you know, I would say probably if you go fast forward, 10 years, 90 some percent of these companies probably won't be around or have, will have failed. So the, like the success rate of this population that Republic is curating is no different than that, that an accredited investor would have access to. There's that same amount of risk, but it's giving it to everyone. Um, and I think for people that understand and understand how risky that is, um, I think it, they at least have the access essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, another thing that's interesting about Republic is actually it, it, it goes a little bit both ways. So, um, the, you know, the average investor has more access now and exposure to, uh, investing in startups, but another part of their pitch has been, um, that really they're finding a, a pretty, uh, diverse set of founders also to be funded, um, on this platform. And so I believe one stat that I saw was that 44% of the companies that are funded, on uh, Republic were founded by women, uh, which is actually much higher than the industry standard. So, um, you know, with a lot of these new vehicles that we're gonna be talking about, a lot of that discussion is this democratization, uh, this open access for, you know, people everywhere, uh, which is even a part of, you know, the reason for the show that this is new and available to people everywhere. It's not just for insiders. Um, But, you know, it still needs to start with a little bit of training wheels almost. And I think that's why, uh, Republic still does a lot of vetting up front, which is more helpful, I think, to the investor. Um, but just to reiterate uh, what Mike was saying, like if you're to invest on a Republic, I think even they would suggest that you invest in many different companies. So this isn't necessarily a platform to just place one or two bets. I mean, the, the nature of startups is that most fail. And so I think if there's someone thinking about allocating some capital to uh, and in, through an investment vehicle like this, I would think about spreading it around. Um, and maybe we should get into some of the details, I guess, of like what it actually looks like when you put money in. What does the equity mean? Um, you know, how does the fund work? I don't know if you want to jump into some of that. Yeah, so as far as the actual mechanics of the investment vehicle, so to speak, um, I think... I think people need to really dig into some of these definitions and understand what they're actually getting. Because I, one of the, the things that I don't, 
want to say caught me off guard because I didn't really have a lot of expectations of what, what it looked like going in, but uh, just some, some things that were surprising to me in, in the actual investment vehicle. So what you're actually investing in is they call it a crowd safe. Um, and it safe is an acronym for a simple agreement for future equity. So when you say invest that hundred dollars in this company, you're not actually getting a share of the company. You don't really actually have any voting rights. You don't have uh, what would be true. It's not the same as, uh, investing in an Apple and you get a common share or preferred share. This is a, an agreement for future equity. And essentially that agreement converts into equity or a payout upon like a future liquidity event. Either they IPO or ICO, I guess it could be another, um, or they're acquired or they like, shut the company down. Um, they would, you know, that would be uh, an event as well. Um, that's when it would basically convert into equity. And I think it's important to understand the type of equity that it converts into. Um, there are, uh, there are a lot more details into what all of these definitions mean on their site. So I definitely think if you're thinking about um, putting some money into this, I, I think you should understand what you're buying and, and do a lot more research than I'm going to be able to explain to you today. But um, Essentially, um, what that event, those events can be like an ICO, an IPO, dissolution, a sale, um, and you basically get uh, no voting rights. Honestly, it's a very pro company mm -hmm. um, uh, arrangement and a very not pro investor arrangement, if I had to be completely honest about it. And I think, um, yeah. Yeah, the reason, and, and the reason for that being, um, at least at this stage in where we are technologically, is that, um, it, and maybe even legally, it seems that uh, passing out those rights is just either not feasible for the company or, or not helpful for the investment. At least that's probably like, I guess, what the devil's advocate side of that would say. Um, but it is interesting, I suppose, that we are approaching a time where, uh, let's say you crowdfund a company's uh, inception. I do see uh, even actually some existing companies that are working in uh, those investors' voting rights into some of the decisions that get made. Granted, this is pretty early stage and this is technology. Um, so I think it's a little bit different. And I think that probably is uh, actually a vote, I guess, on the side of making it uh, more locked up less liquid and also uh, maybe not having as much voting rights from the crowd uh, when there's kind of like this centralized application that needs to get uh, built off the ground. And, and that's going to be a theme that we're going to talk about, I think, again and again, which is company governance, uh, especially when it relates to something like a crowdfunding, because that's changing a lot. Uh, and, and even kind of like this lockup period. So I guess as an investor, how long do you think someone should expect uh, to wait before they see liquidity uh, in a positive event, you know, if one of these companies exits. I mean, you know, to me, I'm, I guess my base assumption is like an eight-year time frame. Would you say that's about right? Yeah, I mean, there's a hard restriction of 12 months uh, into, into the contract. So they, they, they tell you that from, from the beginning. But, I mean, this is an investment that uh, essentially 
you should just be looking to catch lightning in a bottle one time is the way I would think about it. You want to spread a couple bets. If you're, you know, if, if this is something you're interested in spread, that's one company that has a uh, lucrative uh, either exit event or a raise. Um, that is basically what you're shooting for. Um, yeah. And it's a long time frame. Um, long time, and, yeah. and, I would, and, I would assume, I would assume you're not just think, hold it infinitely. You're not trading this. There's no market for these. There's no secondary market to trade these shares um, at this point. Maybe that's something that'll come along someday, but you know, to compare it back to what we talked about last week, which was uh, Rally Road, um, you can trade those shares once a month. In this situation, there's no market. They, they haven't created that marketplace where you can. So if you're putting this money into it, assume you're either going to lose all of it or it's going to be a very large return. And it's the distribution of that is going to be heavily on the you're going to lose all of it uh, side. And if you return on one or two of them, then you've won the game. Yep. And, and it's still pretty early. Um, so I think some interesting stuff about Republic is, is obviously there's not a huge number of companies going through that. And that could even, that could be a good sign. And you could say actually earlier on as the more that Republic needs wins, the more that they curate, uh, the higher quality companies are going to be coming through this platform. And if they look to scale the number of companies on the platform, potentially uh, that's something that is actually less interesting to me as an investor, because now I have to do the digging uh, to, to kind of, you know, value or, you know, validate that some of these companies are going to be good investments. So it's possible that earlier on, there's actually a little more incentive alignment with the company itself and with the investors. Uh, they need to prove some wins. They need to have some, some companies exit to show that this is a viable uh, opportunity. And they're going to do a lot on, um, the inviting in, you know, lead investors that they know from AngelList into Republic because uh, they want to see that kind of momentum. So earlier stage might be a better opportunity. You know, I think another thing to bring up that is also a central theme of the show is that investing itself, um, while the intention is specifically for a financial return, there's potentially some other um, opportunities that sort of arrive through that. And I would be curious to hear about somebody who's gotten a job at one of these companies uh, through investing in one of them, uh, even just a hundred bucks, and then being active in their kind of forum or updates. You know, I, I guess I wonder, is there some other just, you know, this is marginal benefits, but some other ways of kind of looking at this platform, um, you know, seeing what kind of deals are being made, uh, seeing what is relatable to the community, which is another interesting topic about, I think, what's successful on uh, Republic, you know, there's a natural, there's kind of a natural type of company or project that becomes successful on a platform like Republic, on a platform like Kickstarter. Um, they have to have some type of factor that the crowd can actually understand. Um, and so I actually think they even have a term for it, which is like relatability. Uh, mm. So it's sort of interesting that even the types of companies that might come through this platform in some ways self select. Uh, because they have to be relatable. So, you know, I'm, I guess the point I'm trying to make there is I'm not sure if we're going to see the, the neural net, you know, machine learning company necessarily on Republic, if that's not what the crowd necessarily kind of bites into. Mm. Yeah. So 
I guess before we get into some of our, I guess, assumptions around the investment itself, um, you know, I know we were thinking about like maybe looking at a specific project, although I think we've covered just generally the basic idea. I mean, people can go on republic.co, browse some projects, it's pretty easy uh, to get a sense of what that is. Um, I think there's some other interesting aspects about where Republic could go in the future that we could discuss, but uh, I don't know. Do you want to highlight, uh, you know, what our kind of investment thesis is around this next? Is there something else that, that you want to bring up that you think we're missing? Um, so the one other note that I have here, whenever I uh, think about an investment like this through a platform, you know, I think about like, how are they going to make money? Um, are they aligned, you know, the incentive or the, are they incentivized the same way that I am as an investor? Um, so I guess the way that Republic makes money is they take 6% of the total raise. So if a company raised a million dollars, they would take uh, 60,000 of that. Um, and they take 2% of the securities. So, you know, if, you know, they raised 10,000 shares, sold 10,000 shares or uh, safes, I guess is what they would call it. Um, they would take, you know, 2% of that. Um, which I think aligns them well. You know, they want to raise raise money. I don't know if that's a fair um, finder's fee, so to speak, or not. Um, I don't really have an opinion of that. Um, but that's how they make money. Um, yeah, they need the wins. I mean, they need the they need they want to see the fundraisers go well. They need the wins. Um, yeah. There is some extra complexity around um, certain caps about how crowdfunding equity um, fundraisers can can work in terms of how much can be raised from the crowd versus accredited investors. So um, I'm sure they're working some deals. A million dollars per year, I think is what, per rolling 12 months. I think yeah. So, so they're probably working some deals, you know, on the back end after uh, a certain, you know, really you could think about it as like a stage of validation almost. So, you know, yeah. uh, they, uh, the company gets some traction, the company gets vetted by Republic, put on Republic, the crowd likes Republic. Uh, you know, Republic now has uh, extra capital, they're growing even more. And that's when they actually probably jump into more of like their sister company, uh, AngelList, and, you know, find another round. And so um, it's, it's sort of interesting because AngelList and this, uh, you know, this company that um, is, they're all kind of, I guess, part of the same company, essentially, you know, they each clip the ticket at sort of a different stage in the company. Uh, so this is, a way for AngelList to go almost maybe more early stage or validate from the crowd. So I think that's sort of interesting. Yeah. So let me bring up one other point, I guess, just that, you know, we can, well, let, let's grade, let's grade this. So would you put money into Republic? If so, how? Um, and then I can kind of give you my opinion or, or pros and cons. I think for me, I would have to, I did quite a bit of research on the actual mechanics of the instrument. <clears throat> and I think most of my concerns kind of are centered around some of the risks involved with that. Um, so I'd really probably need to do a little bit more research and it would, it would take hours of research to really get where I would be comfortable with the actual, like the actual security or investment vehicle. So right now that's where my holdups are. I'd say at this point, I, I would not um, just because it feels very anti-investor in my, everything is, everything is in my estimation um, stacking everything against the investor and all of the, 
every possible way to organize this has been organized in a way that's pro company. And I understand why they do that. I think once there's a little more competition in this world, maybe we'll have to, uh, a platform like this would need to start to adopt some more pro and, uh, mechanics around these investments. And I think that's where, you know, I'd start to get a little more interested in uh, investing in these. I love the idea of investing in startups. I think it's, that's super appealing. So they've got me there, but I think for me, it's my whole back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a good kind of assessment. I think uh, for me, yeah, I, I don't know if I feel like I have like the liquid capital just put in a bunch of different companies and then lock it up for that long of a period of time. Um, and I think, you know, I guess part of the appeal for uh, investing in early stage companies is also that in some way you have a personal type of, I want to say moat, but like you have maybe some influence over the company if you're an angel investor or you have some ability to put it on track. Um, so I guess there's like almost like an extra benefit that comes along with investing in that way um, that is actually removed here. And you're sort of just trusting that Republic is maybe doing some of that work in a way um, or that, you know, the company has mm -hmm. access that you don't have. So I guess you lose some of your own personal ability, um, which is part of the trade-off I think that's happening here. So I think I'd probably follow a similar uh, investment. I like following it. I like seeing what companies are raising on there. If there's a company that um, one of the rewards in, you know, buying in is that you get the product for a year or five years, I might, you know, buy because that's, you know, a smart use of capital. I, I want to use the product anyways. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm similarly not bracing to put my money into Republic. I think if there was an opportunity for liquid, meaning I could trade it, even if it was locked up for year and then once a month just kind of like how rally road does it um i'd be more interested in it just because i feel like there's an opportunity to make it no it's, it's you're putting a hundred dollars and i'm throwing it yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, if there was a liquidity, it'd be amazing because you could potentially exit through uh, new fundraises. Yeah. Um, so I think the only other big kind of thing of interest that, that I don't feel like we touched on yet is something else that we'll probably just expand on more later, which is uh, I'm interested in how the IPO market gets disrupted. And I do think that if platforms like Republic can generate investor demand at scale, I actually think that we might see companies try to IPO through a system like a Republic because you've, you can essentially have all this pent up demand for public interest. Um, mm -hmm. So like, I think if you can prove the model of like, hey, we crowdfund purchases of equity in companies and we do it at scale, uh, it becomes very attractive for someone like an Uber, I think, uh, to start approaching these platforms that actually have like a better pipeline of distribution for investment um, opportunities. So like, uh, I, I think this is early to discuss, but in the future, uh, what a way to release to the public markets. And that's really, I guess, what's happening here at an early stage. Hey, what a way to release to the public markets at an early stage and get all these, you know, get the crowd kind of invest in your company. 
Uh, that's really what an IPO is, uh, except for those, it's very expensive for the company. And I think this is a unique distribution model uh, that might both cut costs and increase uh, increased buy-in. Um, so yeah, I think that that could be interesting. I think we'll discuss that in the future. Um, but that's where I see, you know, a decade from now, 20 years from now, Republic maybe is trying to shoot for that type of um, place. And, and it makes sense for the Angelist stack because, uh, yeah, early stage, late stage, middle, you know. Mm -hmm. So No, I think it feels like that's like one of the pieces that's missing from this organization. If you think of the life cycle of a company, seed stage, you've got Republic, you know, Series A, Series mm -hmm. B through whatever the angel list. Mm -hmm. and then they're kind of missing that ipo um bucket uh so maybe which, which everyone everyone is i mean that doesn't really exist yet so but i think the way you 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 jump into that space is uh investor demand yeah and and distribution so that's a really interesting sort of ladder approach i think to get into taking a very big market on uh, I'm not sure if that's on Republic's roadmap. I'm literally just, you know, just thinking that, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, someone's going to take that over. Um, but awesome. Well, uh, good uh, talking with you about these investment opportunities as always. Uh, as a reminder to people listening, of course, uh, we're just discussing what's po possible and available, not what you should put money into or not. Um, you know, we're giving our opinions about what we think is interesting or not. So not investment advice, but, uh, you know, hopefully you're enjoying listening along and just getting a better sense of where you can start to, you know, potentially place your money over the next decade, 20 years. Um, that's newly available. Uh, and that I think is really interesting to honestly pay attention to and follow as well. So uh, it's a fun space to be in. Yeah, I love that topic. All right, sweet. Well, we will be back again. Um, of course, we're going to jump into uh, some cryptocurrency type stuff at you know, some point soon. And there's plenty of other different vehicles and models and instruments that we're going to cover. Um, so we'll be back again you know, shortly with another episode. Feel free to you know, comment or rate or subscribe. Um, if there's something you want to see discussed, you know, just leave us a comment and, and let us know about that. If you're on YouTube, uh, if you're on the podcast, make sure to follow so you keep or subscribe so you keep getting our, our episodes into your feed. And uh, with that, yeah, I'll chat with you later, Mike. All right, talk to you soon. Peace.